Welcome to SME Funding. My name is Lynette Sinduli and I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Innate Investment Solutions. And as always, I'm joined by Kumaran Padayachi, who's the CEO of Spartan. Kumaran, today let's unpack a challenge that a lot of small businesses face. We all generally start our businesses in the services sector. But here's the big thing. What are we funding? Why do we need funding? Why is it so difficult for us to get funding? Let's start to unpack all of those interesting details. And hopefully, when everybody walks away from today's episode, we'll all flee feeling a little bit more empowered about how to position businesses that are based on our intellectual prowess at the best of times into delivering services and doing for others in a better position when it comes to funding. So let's unpack services businesses and what they actually are in the first instance. Now, you and I have had some interesting conversations about what makes my business a service business. And one word that came to immediately came to mind is a business where I do where I, the business owner, or my team, we actually do something in response to somebody's need. So we're not moving apples um, between myself and a customer. There's no tangible products that we're moving. We're not making something. So we're not in manufacturing either. So we're not getting a raw material, converting it into a new product, and then selling that specific product. But we're actually in the business of action and the business of doing and responding to needs. Am I correct in your definition, or do you have further insights that you'd like to share with the viewers at home? You're correct, but let's expand on that. Yes. Uh, we're going to be doing, over several episodes, different categories of businesses. To be clear, we're not talking about an industry or an industry sector, but we're talking more about a categorization. Mm. And so you, when you spoke about a retail manufacturing services-based business, so today mm. we are talking about services-based businesses, but I find that most people don't understand, even if they're in the service, that they are one, right? Yes. And uh, like you rightfully said, it's anything that is, has a doing action. Mm -hmm. You are giving your intellectual property. So what are those types of businesses? One could be a consulting type of business, someone mm -hmm. giving advice. Yes, right? or support. Or support. Mm -hmm. The other could be a professional services firm. So what are those typically? Legal firms auditing firms, architectural firms, mm -hmm. engineering, consulting, yes. these are professional services firms. It could be some, it could be marketing types of businesses, yes. right? Um, a PR, um, uh, even a mechanic, you know, he's yes, doing a service. Plumber, he's using his hands and he's fixing, fixing up something. Yes. That's, his, that's what he's done, he's delivered that service. Mm. So when we say services-based businesses, they are based on delivering some kind of a service, mm. an intangible thing. Yes, a convenience, yeah. a solution, an answer to someone. And yes. the vast majority of categorization uh, in the world and in South Africa when it comes to businesses is services-based businesses. You yes. will find the majority of businesses fall in that category, not sector or industry, but in that categorization. Mm. And there's an understandable reason for that, which is, the barriers to it's entry is low. You mm. don't need to buy a massive premises or put plant, machinery or whatever. You know, if you're consulting, yeah. you just... You start with the laptop um, and you go. And you, right? off you go. Yes. Right. So the barriers is easier to start on. Mm. So that's some of the color or context around what it means to be a service. I don't know if you want to, you want to you, chat about that a bit more. You're 100% on the money there, Kumaran. Kumaran, 
A services-based business, why do we typically need funding in the first place? Here we are saying, well, we're probably the laptop bag set of entrepreneurs who literally can pick up a mobile, are responding to clients, and often in client environments. So we don't have a huge need for infrastructure. Um, perhaps we don't have a huge need to be seen to be set in a specific place when we're out in the world of responding. So what do we need finance for? And why are so many services-based businesses applying for funding in the first instance? So before, I'm going to answer that question. Before we, we do that, the, the stage we need to state is that you get services-based businesses, like any business, that will mm -hmm. be at different sizes and stages. Yes. So, yes, you ask it in the context of if someone's just a consultant on their own as a, a lonesome. Yes. But what happens when they start expanding to 5, 10, 15, 20 people and the business starts getting bigger? So let's look at it in that life cycle mm. of their sizes, right? Uh, so what are the needs? Just look at any service-based business. They need uh, premises to rent. Mm -hmm. And typically, services-based businesses uh, could be uh, location-driven. It could be uh, image-driven, image, image to the staff, because if it's a high IP business, it wants to attract high knowledge workers. So it wants a better type of environment. Think of Google type of offices and things yes. like that, right? Uh, or uh, it could be an image business, like professional services, a like auditing or law, needs firms. fancy. Of so mm -hmm. it's not just renting any slush bucket place, it's something that, that's spending some money on the type of decor and whatever that's in it. It could be related. On perception, yes. Right. You know. So it depends on what type of service business, right? So that's one part that we'll be spending mm. money on. And when you're spending that kind of money, you have to furnish and fit the, it out. Yes. We, you know, so that's, that's money for that. For instance, I wouldn't go to a spa that didn't look or feel like a spa. Okay. A spa, spa, for instance, yeah. and that's and that's a service business yes. as well. Similarly, you wouldn't go to a hairdresser whose right. hair, own yeah. hair is yeah. unkempt. Yeah. So it's an image and a perception so based all of that, based that then, you can do the work. And then it's the deposits, right, yes. for paying those uh, rent, uh, the rent least two or three months. And then typically, uh, most services business falls in two categories. Either they're delivering a service that is paid for upfront or on delivery. So yes. like a spa would be that, right? Yes. You pay for that massage before you walk out. Yes. And so that's reasonably okay. But if you've got a consulting or a professional service, yes. now you're delivering the service during the month or maybe over two or three months. Mm -hmm. And then your customer is paying you 30 or 60 days from invoice. Yes. Now you have a mismatch position. You have to pay your rent, you have to pay your highly priced knowledge workers, professional services yes. people, and but yet your customer is going to paying you a month or two after that. Yes. So that creates a working capital gap. Mm. So that's another big category of certain types of services businesses mm. where you've got this... Um, a working this, capital gap mm -hmm. that needs to be helped and supported through funding and yeah. finance. So even if it's not professional service, it could be taking pro taking on projects. Yes. I've got this new project, I've got to deliver some kind of uh, production for it, service that is, mm. and it's going to take me three months to do and, that. And, the and I mean, that's a space we're in. We're typically on risk. You start a conversation around the project, the, uh, but the project needs somebody to do, to to serve it up to a point where I can actually take it to somebody for financing purposes. Mm. After the break, Kumaran and I are going to continue to unpack why a service-based business would still typically need funding, but certain of the challenges as well that we begin to see more and more in this space when it comes to applying and acquiring this type of funding. We will be right back.
Welcome back to SME Funding. Before the break, Kumaran and I were setting the scene about what service-based businesses are and what typically service-based businesses would need funding and financing for at different stages in their business life cycle. So Kumaran, we were just talking about the working capital gap before the break and that a lot of service-based businesses are not necessarily cash on demand businesses, but businesses that have to wait for their debtors to pay at a specific time long after the service is delivered. Um, yet they still have to fulfill their day-to-day -day and their monthly obligations. So is working capital a a a a a, a thing and a tangible thing in the eyes of a funder that should be funded or should we be in the business of just managing our debtors book better you see you that, that word intangible you pick up is great because mm. service business most of its requirements for funding mm. is for funding things that are intangible mm. or not uh, very attractive to traditional funders. Yes. So like you said, working capital was one category and we, we expanded mm. on how that would be. It's an intangible, intangible thing, right? And that's a big need for services-based businesses mm. as they grow. The second is for the image around the, the, the building because that's generally either for staff or image-based mm -hmm. business. So some services business fall in that category. Yes. Whilst it's a tangible thing, it's of such low Quality. There are funders that do uh, do it, but it's not a commonly it's funded. It's not common. Thing. Yes. The other could be uh, technology and yes. services. Generally, they're using sophisticated software and uh, and mm. tools and things like that to do these reports. That's also something. Is it's an asset, but it's an intangible asset. Yes. So there's a lot of intangible, natured or low value. Uh, 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 assets that are required to be funded for services-based mm. businesses. So they're necessary, but they're hard to define. And I think that's maybe what's causing the biggest set of challenges for service-based businesses in the funding space. How do you articulate and how do you almost make the intangible tangible to a funder who, who is you know, quite nervous about the yeah. risk that they represent, but you are absolutely sure that they are necessary? Yeah. How do we best build a business case to make the, the, the intangible tangible, as it were. With difficulty. <laughs> With great right. difficulty. So <laughs> let's talk about the, the three aspects here. The one, the one challenge is that service business we discussed now, a large uh -huh. part of its funding needs are for things that are either intangible or of low value in terms of yes. asset, right? So you're not going to get a whole lot of funders rushing to fund that. No. Problem number one. Mm. And why is that a problem? Uh, if there's more hard asset that's being funded, like a building or a machinery or a, a, a truck, mm. a funder knows it can, there's value in that asset. It relies on it a little bit to know, okay, don't pay, I can take that asset back, sell it mm. at an auction yes. and recover some of our money. Yes. So that's where the problem is. If those things are not in place, so that's problem number one, right? Mm. So that's the service businesses typically have. Second is that they say, okay, if that's intangible stuff, well, let's look at the company itself, the balance sheet. What does it own that's goodies of value in there? And, and we know services-based businesses, there's, there's very little. Yeah. They have little assets on the balance sheet. Typically a very thin balance sheet. Very thin yes. balance sheet or technically you'd say a low net asset value. Yes. And you, colloquially in conversation, you will hear it all the time yeah. when people say our biggest assets as a service-based business 
walk out the door every day at five, which there is their go. staff, Our right? People. Staff yes. is always valuable in any business, yes. but in services-based business, it is talent. It, yeah, Kumaran. It, you can't, right? You're not on the balance sheet. Let's well, except for maybe account for salaries and um, any incentives. But how do you actually quantify? Make them sign their life away. <laughs> handsome, maybe. <laughs> and, and what about the role of, I know a word that's often used on the balance sheet of particularly service-based businesses, um, of goodwill yeah. in a business. Especially when you're in a business that relies so much on how it looks and feels, as it were, the perception of it. How do we help our viewers at home build the value of goodwill in that business because surely isn't that something that contributes to the value of a business um, when we begin to look at whether to fund and assist it or not? Very difficult. And mm. Goodwill has value when a business is being sold. Okay. So sometimes you look at a services-based business and say, okay, there's not much there, but you know what? It's got uh, uh, highly strategic trained staff. You yes. can't put a price to that very easily. Okay. It's got an awesome brand in this niche. Mm -hmm. You can't really put a value to that. That will account for in a goodwill. So goodwill account is, is more... So all of those things, up until the point where you're letting the business go, don't count in the funding journey, for no. instance. No, but I was, okay. I was about to go to the third one. Right? Okay. So you're saying the assets itself being funded for services-based mm. businesses is either tangible or low value. Mm -hmm. Second is that the business has no... Assets in the business, right? Yes. It's just it's people-based because it's delivery of the service. So then, invariably, what happens is that the third thing has to stump up, which is the owner or the shareholders themselves. Because yes. say, okay, assets being funded, nothing of value. Business itself got no. Okay, well, you got to stand for it. And so you find the pressure or the expectation on owners of services-based business is a little bit more higher to compensate for these two so the challenges. Mm. So if you're in a service-based business that is growing, mm. the needs for funding in these areas will grow, but then be prepared as owners to stump up more. Okay. That could mean surety, it could be go beyond surety, which yes. is to put some of your own mm. collateral on the line mm. until a funder eventually gets comfortable with you. So that I would say is a high expectation buy a funder for services-based owners. Mm. And if you're service-based owners, get ready for that. Yeah, so it's That's quite it's quite cha challenging, right? Mm -hmm. Because here we are trying to make things you can't see and things you can't touch and things you can't feel, but here we are trying to make them very real. And funders' expectations for service-based businesses are very stringent in the sense that there's often a lot of risk um, because the intellectual property and the asset itself often is reliant on a human being's ability to deliver a specific skill or set of knowledge to a specific task. So obviously it's, it's quite a, a risky business to give funding to those. But in your experience, I mean, Kamaran, you funded a great many businesses in your own personal experience. What has set apart the services businesses that have been successful at funding and those who haven't? I would say there's a few things. One, um, where they are professionally run. So ah. you try and um, uh, make a funder more. We, we, in our business, we fund a disproportionately high number of services-based businesses, mm. just even though they are higher risk, right? Yes. And, and, and so what stands out is when they are more professional in their outlook and the way they manage the business. Whilst that's an intangible thing, it does go a long way to make a funder say, okay, 
this uh, compensates mm. for the weakness here. There's, okay. So these people are a lot more aware. The management team can mitigate some of that risk. That's okay. that's one. Two, where you have the ownership willing to sign surety or some kind of a nominal or substantial collateral mm. to support and lend that that proxy. Okay. Uh, that goes a long way to making to show their own confidence in their business. I would say those two things uh, stand out. A mm. uh, third is where they perhaps uh, try and productize the service. You know, it's an it's ah. oxymoron, isn't it? How do you productize the service? But you, where it's packaged, so they could be selling it on retainers, monthly SLAs, they put uh -huh. debit orders, and they try and ensure their, deli their service delivery is put into some kind of... Uh, Packaged uh, mm, a packaged solution, as it were, as opposed so it has to just ad hoc. It has opportunity okay. for scale. It has some sustainability because services-based businesses are generally project-based and very mm. up and down. So, so you've got. You, do, is that what you call it instead of productize, creating a ongoing and a continuous need? That's it for your service. That's it. Not on an ad hoc basis or based on a crisis or a project. That's it. How do you package? What you deliver, so and why? Because it all the time on the money. On the money. Why? Because it it demonstrates some kind of stability, ah, continuity, continuity, which means continuity of sales. Yes, which means continuity of cash flow yes. to pay back the funder. And those are all the things that ultimately funders are looking for: yes. cash flow and consistency yes. in that regard. Yes. All right. So after the break, Kumaran and I will then further unpack how service-based businesses can minimize their need to seek funding in the first place before we close out of this particular session. Welcome back to SME Funding. Before the break, Kumaran and I were talking about what sets apart a service-based business that does secure funding and one that doesn't. And certainly the two keywords that came out of there was be professional. And secondly, you've got to create value in the service that you do, productize it, as Kumaran said, and make sure that it's continually needed. Kumaran, I think it's important for us, though, to touch on this. Here we are talking about making the intangible tangible, which at the best of, of times is impossible. So based on that impossibility, let's help our viewers at home begin to think about how do they minimize the need for them seeking funding in the first place, particularly in the service market. How do we go about doing that in a way that's not only sustainable, but is also helping us build up the necessary reserves that when we do need particularly advanced types of funding, we've actually got the collateral in place mm. um, and the assets in place that make our business valuable and a business that a funder looks at and says, I'm happy to support that. Let's look at the biggest need that a services-based business would typically have. It will be around working capital. Yes. This is a growing services-based business. Yes. And I find in our, in our experience is that a large part of the amount being requested for the working capital uh, side specifically, or especially, is uh, for wastage or self-inflicted wounds. Let mm. me expand on that, right? Um, if you look at a services-based business, sometimes it may be over-generous in uh. the terms that it gives to its uh, customers. customers. Mm. So you may find a... Uh, they don't want to upset the customer relationship-wise, so they they will just keep quiet about certain things and not be as uh, uh, robust about them and, 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 and well-managed 
in terms of the debtor's uh, book. So you may find where the customers are supposed to pay them 30 days, um, they're paying them 60 or 90 days. Now, because they are, don't have the processes in place or they do not have the personality to be a bit more firmer, that uh, problem, instead of going 30 days, is 60, 90 days, it has to be funded somewhere. Now you're going to a funder to say, fund me an overdraft of a higher amount. Fund my kindness, fund, almost. That's it. Okay. Find my So you see the self-inflicted problem yes. and the wastage? Mm. So one is to be put the process in place and put the firmness in place. Mm. Second, that can also be, and to expand on that, that can be done via contracting. Yes. What's your contractual arrangements? Yes. With your, you see, the, the, when you're delivering, when you're selling a product, there can be no dispute. You're selling that thing, it's got a warranty, that device, mm. that's it. When you're delivering a service, what ticks the box that, that defines that service is delivered? Yes. Right? You used spa earlier on spa. about massage. Mm. So, you know, coming out uh, 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 refreshed Free, or whatever, refreshed. and the one hour done, you know, is, uh, is evidence that it's been, the service it's has been, been delivered. delivered. But sometimes it can be disputed. So your initial engagement documents with your clients needs to be sound and proper. Mm. That takes away any opportunity mm. for dispute mm. and mm. defines when those payments happen. Yeah. If that's and I think done, that's incredibly important when you're delivering IP. Yeah. 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 If that's done, that can straight away reduce the inefficiencies in the, in, yeah. the, in the debt. I think that's a big one. And then all other payments that can be done, just tightening those up. Yes. So if there's a lots of uh, uh, efficiencies and tightness in terms of uh, payments and dues and all those types of things, it makes the working capital cycle that mm. more optimized or that more efficient. And so you're asking a funder for 200,000 rand instead of a million rand. Mm. Uh, that would be one. All right, so Kumaran, as we wrap up the show, your tip of the week. My view uh, with services-based businesses, increasingly in the world today, we see a lot of alternative funders. Yes. Funders that are specializing in niches, either they're specializing in, in a particular sector mm -hmm. or specific types of assets. Yes. Because services-based business would have a little bit more difficulty in getting funding, they should invest a little bit more time in, in finding the these niche alternative funders that will fund the types of intangible things that they require mm. as opposed to now going and using an overdraft for it. Yes. So they have to do a little bit more effort in, in the research. In the research, yes. That would be a tip for mm -hmm. a services-based business. And it seems that, as you were calling them, self-inflicted wounds also have to do a lot of investment internally yes. in making sure that for funding purposes, especially when you need the funding and you, your back is against the wall, you actually are attractive to fund and are investor-ready, as it were. That would oh, be a good one. All right. That brings us our show today to an end. Thank you to our viewers for your continued insights and questions. And to those of you who would like to continue to follow this conversation, you can via social media at, at funding underscore SME, or you can send us your questions and further inquiries on SME funding at businessdaytv.co.za. From all of us at SME Funding, we're looking forward to the next show and we certainly hope you will continue to join us for these. Have a good day.